Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you engage in revenge bedtime procrastination? Today is designed to help. Welcome to About Progress. I'm Monica Packer, a regular mom and recovering perfectionist who uncovered the truest model to dramatic but lasting personal growth. It's progress made practical. Join us to leave the extremes behind and instead learn how to do something to grow in ways that stick. If you like this podcast, then you'll love my new course coming out on May 1st, The Sticky Habit Method. Our pre-sale is going on right now with some extra special bonuses. Sign up before May 1st to get those bonuses at aboutprogress.com slash method. Early on in the pandemic, one of my Strive Hive members posted this really cute and funny cartoon all about something we had in common and we hated that we had in common. And it was called Revenge Bedtime Procrastination. And this is where we have this mix of self-sabotage slash procrastination with the bedtime routine when we find ourselves delaying bed for long periods of time because we are so exhausted. It doesn't make sense. And yet we often do this. 
Of course, there are many and deeper reasons why this is the case and why we do this revenge bedtime procrastination. My nutshell version of explaining this is just lack of fulfillment. But today, I want to spend less time explaining why it's happening and more what you can begin to do with it. You get to listen in on a coaching call I did with a woman named Julie, who is struggling with bedtime and self-sabotage and procrastination. We help her figure out what's going on for her and how she can make just a few mindset shifts and habit shifts to help her learn how to gradually tap down on this nighttime bedtime procrastination and instead find more of the calm, content, comfortable, and connected feelings she's looking for. Julie, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you and to be coaching you today. I'm honored to be here. Thank you, Monica. How about you give us an introduction? Well, my name is Julie. Um, I worked for about two years before my second was born. I currently have four kids. Uh, I have a daughter who's almost 10, an eight-year-old son, a five-year-old son about to start kindergarten, and an almost two-year-old who was born during the pandemic. Mm. I've moved rather unexpectedly out of state um, twice in the past three years. So Mm -hmm. um, that's been a little interesting, especially after having lived somewhere for about 10 years. Um, So we're just trying to make it work in the pandemic. And um, I'm trying to enjoy the throes of motherhood right now. Yes. Well, a lot of that was like the same as me. (laughs) And so many people who are listening, who are, our lives are just thrown up in the air a a few times the past couple of years, and we're still trying to sort through it. Um, And so tonight we're going to talk about maybe something that's related, but also maybe not, maybe this was a pre pandemic thing that you wanted to work on too. And it's something about bedtime. How about you tell us more about where you are struggling there and what kind of question you have for me? Yeah. Um, this is definitely something that I've struggled with getting to bed on time and having a quote unquote good routine for the past couple of years. Um, I think when we first moved, we were in a tiny little place. Um, if we first moved out of state a couple of years ago, um, my youngest was two and a half and he struggled with sleep and he was climbing out of his pack and play so he could no longer sleep there. So I would snuggle him in his bed and snuggle him to sleep because he just would keep getting up. And then I would just sort of lay there, you know, just having to make sure he was fully asleep and just kind of look on my phone and like nothing horrible was I looking at, but, um, just kind of spending time on my phone and then just kind of, um, ignoring my husband. And, you know, sometimes he would sort of zone out too. And he was the one putting our little one to bed. And then, you know, the pandemic, like you said, just, it was like, are we really living through this? Mm-hmm. Just really hard. Um, and, uh, I kind of got pregnant unexpectedly and our fourth is a really, um, wonderful surprise, but that was um, just before the pandemic, we found out we were pregnant and he was born in June, 2020. And he's been so wonderful, but um, with my hormones going up and down and having Mm -hmm. depression, which I've already been living with and trying to um, work with it with doctors, um, just kind of feeling that sadness and um, just not sure what to do. And kind of um, in my mind, I see that I have a lack of structure with bedtime. That's one of my major issues. Um, and then also numbing with using my phone. So my 
my, anyways, we can just pause and then I'll kind of say, go into more stuff. Well, how about you tell me more about what you were thinking of just right there? Cause that might be more of what information I need. Um, so I think just sort of having like a closing duties, um, routine, um, someone on TikTok, I think her name's Casey, like Casey, and she's a former therapist with young kids. And she talks about that, like her closing mm-hmm. duties. And a lot of that has to do with cleaning. Mm-hmm. And, um, for me, since I, I'm kind of have full hands during the day with my little ones. Um, sometimes there's some cleaning to do in the evening or just the very least cleaning up from dinner, which we eat from home a lot. Um, because it just feels like there's lots of loose ends if there's not like a basic level of cleaning. And then the other thing is just having a cue to get me up to bed and my husband at at the same time, or like when he just gets up and says, I'm going to bed. I'm like, well, the lights have to be turned off. The door has to be locked. And so okay. but I need to focus on what I need to do and or get on the same page with my husband. And then okay. also I need to be in the mind frame of sleep and just letting go of like continuing to look on my phone or continuing to quote unquote do research about stuff because I feel like I didn't do enough during the day. Got it. Okay. Your problem is not an unusual problem. And I say that not to say, Oh, look at you. You're just usual. Like not that is to say, my goodness, we all struggle with the nighttime in general, regardless of whatever phase we are at in our personal lives. And, and even regardless of, of how structured some parts of the night are and how wherever we're at, this is as a very common struggle. So let me make sure I'm hearing you right on some things. So the bedtime struggles really began with your third as a baby and just circumstantially needing to be in the room, which led to some zoning out behavior for you so that you could be in the room. And then with time that became more of a habit and just more of how things were done, but also as a source of escaping slash numbing from the major shifts and upheavals your life was facing both externally and internally. Yeah, oh, definitely say that's in it in a nutshell. Okay. And right now you're not in a, you don't, you're not stuck in a bedroom now, like you were in the past, correct? No, not, not right now. In a little bit, we'll be moving our littlest one out of the pack and play, but yeah, for now it's, yeah, it's not like I have to like lay next to a kid for 30 minutes or something. That's good to know. And so right now for you, the biggest problem is twofold. It's one feeling like you are wrapping up the loose ends around the home. Okay. Cause that can often delay uh-huh. bedtime. Okay. And the, the second half of this delaying bedtime thing is like that nighttime procrastination slash self-sabotage <laughs> loop that we can yes. get into where you like delay bedtime as a weird way to delay facing life. Oh yeah. I mean, that's totally it. Procrastination and self-sabotage. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I think that's it. That's, you know, the deeper root there. Okay. Well, my goal is to help you with both of those. Um, there's two directions we can go with this to start then, because we know we want to deal with this logistic wise, like just having like how to help, help you have a sort of routine at night and also a cue that, you know, it's time to shut things down with the digital stuff. So those are two kind of separate things for me, but to do that, Mm -hmm. I think we needed to start deeper first. Um, when we are going into that self-sabotage slash numb, numbing, looping behavior. Um, it's always a sign 
that we are being underfed, undernourished during the day. Is that true for you? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I think for sure. Like there's definitely a little bit of loneliness with trying to get to new, no new people here. And there's definitely trying to transition back to, um, kind of doing hobbies that I enjoy after kind of being in the throes of having a newborn. Yes. Okay. So those numbing behaviors, as you know, because we've done coaching together before you've been in the progress program, if you recall numbing behaviors make you feel a lot of feelings, but numb. So when you were in those kind of behaviors, what emotions can you recognize that are being brought up for you? Loneliness might be one. Yeah. It's kind of like, what um, are you trying to outrun here? You know, I think loneliness, um, maybe a social situation where I, I felt misunderstood or I felt snubbed. Um, I think just a general feeling of overwhelm, like this Mm. has been on my mind a lot that I just go from thing to thing and to thing in my mind, feeling like I have to do all the things and I know I don't have to do all of them, but there's still a lot that I have to do in the visual clutter in my home. Um, I think those are the main feelings there. Okay. So loneliness, overthinking and overwhelm. Mm -hmm. Okay. How do you want to feel at night? I think I want to feel calm. Okay. I think I want to feel comfortable. Like my home is a comfortable place. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if happy is the right term, but just feeling content, feeling like I've done something to connect with my family Hmm. or that I've done something to connect with myself. Ooh, I love all this. Did you realize that you just did a a total line of alliteration here? Oh, I like that. Calm, (laughs) comfortable, content and connected. I'm appealing to our inner English teacher. You totally are. So we've got the four C's there is I guess what we'll call them calm, comfortable, content, and connected. Now in a moment, we're going to brainstorm what you can do during that time when you are totally off the clock where you can create those feelings. Okay. So we will brainstorm that in just a moment, but first I want to go to the logistics side. Part of the overwhelm is having that lack of structure. Okay. Because during I, this is how I am. I become kind of like that spinning. I don't know what the word is like a spinning plate, but without maybe a spinning compass more, Like if I have an hour where I have a lot to do, but I don't know what I'm going to do, I basically just do circles around myself or internally around myself where I feel lost. Okay. So having some structure with how your night times typically go without it being so rigid or unrealistic that you avoid it, I think would be helpful here. And I would volunteer. That looks like something like let's have a family like closing ceremony or closing duties together that we do after dinner. And then one for you separately with sort of a, a, a shutoff time. Like I'm off the clock time. I am not worrying about research. I'm not worrying about to do's. 
I'm not worrying about emails or productivity or anything home management. The clock has stopped there. It's closed. Oh, I, that's great, Monica. I think you came up with something great there because I heard, we stayed with someone once and they did like a family cheer before bed. Oh, cute. And I didn't really have that uh, emotional closeness necessarily with my family growing up. I knew they loved me. And that's sure. been something on my mind. Like I want to do something together as a family. And I love the off the clock idea, especially if it means like I'm doing what I want, but I'm not numbing myself. Mm-hmm. So it, are you like me in that this like as a family, you have dinner and then you clean up dinner and then you do the bedtime routine, like getting kids to bed. We have dinner. Sometimes it's catch as catch can and we should clean up. And again, that's like a self-sabotage where I'm like, oh, it's just too much work to get them to clean up, which it's really not. Or I feel too stressed to tell the kids to clean up, which again, that doesn't make sense. Um, and then we have like a loose routine. Like we watch Jeopardy and I put the baby down. And then one of us reads a book to the, um, preschooler who goes to bed later. So it's a loose routine, but you know, I think it is routine. Oh, I was just going to say that, that don't negate that. That sounds like an awesome way to end the night. And, and loose is still a routine for sure. I think that you have to be flexible at this age too, <laughs> especially with the different ages and needs that are going on there. So don't, don't discount that at all. Okay. So here's what I ask you to think about what are the things that you still find yourself having to do later? Like that you either delay or try to numb out from, because you're like, I really don't want to have to clean off the counter right now or put the dishes in the sink or sweep the floor. Or are there some things like that, that. Oh, totally. Yeah. Clearing, clearing the table and there's other random stuff on the counter or table from throughout the day. Or like, we just got back from being out of town for Easter and there's like laundry that needs to be put away. Um, okay. So yeah, I think along those lines. Okay. Just as I'm hearing you talk, I feel like of the household duties, would that be the one you'd want to prioritize? Like I'm, there's always more to do, right? Like the list could go on. There's laundry, there's dusting, there's vacuuming, there's switching out sheets, there's putting away, you know, the toys, like the list goes on, but at nighttime, is the dinner cleanup the one that tends to not to be a little bit more prolonged and overwhelm you? Or is it more like the other stuff? Well, it's probably both, but <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to figure out where we can start, you know, cause if I we, think it's, yeah, I think it's the dishes and I think it's, okay. doesn't take that long, but maybe I could set a timer, you know, dishes, a little bit of sweeping cause our floor collects a lot of random stuff really quickly. And then maybe yeah. just putting um, bringing the laundry up and maybe you were going to think of this, but maybe a timer. So it's like, I know I'm going to do something and I know I can just stop after this time if I want to. Okay. Yes. I think you need a firm shutoff time of post dinner cleanup. And I think if we were to get realistic and practical about this, you get to decide what that looks like a for starters, but B, if we're going to look with the natural flow of things, if we were to say dinner and cleanup always go together, regardless of when we start dinner, whether it's earlier or later dinner and cleanup go together and cleanup is dishes, sweeping, putting, bringing the laundry up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does great. that seem to go? Okay. And then this is where this whole part of the dinner cleanup is one that I would like you to eventually work on dividing the responsibilities there. 
eventually. Mm -hmm. Okay. So maybe as you and your husband can talk about this and you can decide, maybe he always does the dishes and you always sweep and bring up the laundry or one person is in charge of all of those. And the other person starts with the bedtime routine stuff, like getting kids bathed if they need to, or in their pajamas. So there can be some trade-offs like division of labor there. Good reminder. I should bathe my kids more often. (laughs) My kids are so smelly these days. We used to not have to bathe like every day, but they are stinky. I don't know what's going on. Um, but yes, as you wish, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like whether it's just getting on their pajamas or brushing their teeth. So you get to decide that. Okay. And you get to decide if this means you eventually train your oldest to always be the floor sweeper after dinner. She always does that. Or another kid or all of your older kids know that they put their dishes in the dishwasher. They're the ones that clear their plate and put them in the dishwasher. That's the thing we're just starting to train. But again, that takes time. That takes time. So now we're just having more of this mindset shift. Dinner and cleanup always go together. And those are the three minimal chores you want to have done. Dishes, done, floor, swept. And maybe the extra is laundry brought up. Maybe that's like the bonus. I think that's great. You're simplifying it. Cause like I said, I get so overwhelmed, but those basics are a great thing to do. And I can put a timer on it, a shut off time. And I think something I just thought of is that I can lean into my values of sort of being a little bit industrious and having a somewhat clean home and teaching my kids that. And then it also leans into my value of being connected because we're doing something together. And then after that routine, we can watch Jeopardy. There you go. Or do our little thing as a family. Jeopardy is a wonderful connective thing. Truly. And it's often, you love it. I love it. And it goes with all your other C's calm, comfortable, content, connected. And that should be the thing, Julie, where you are sitting there with them. And that's, that's, that can be a timeout. Like we shut off in between the two different things you need to do at night, but that's your, that's a reward. I feel like that's something you can be really transparent with as a family. We do dinner. Then we do cleanup together. Even if all they're doing in the beginning, Julie is clearing their plates, just putting them next to the sink. And that can build with time to them doing more as part of the cleanup. Then once we're all in our jammies, we're going to do jeopardy together. Maybe a treat. Maybe they haven't brushed their teeth yet or like whatever you guys do as a family. My kids eat Oreos. It's probably bad for the dentist. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Okay. Like some something. Okay. Doesn't have to be a treat either for those who are listening and thinking otherwise. <laughs> you do you. Okay. So what I like about that is it gives you an end in mind. And it's flexible because I don't want to say to you, you have to have a firm shut off with a post-dinner cleanup at 8 p.m. Cause what if you eat dinner at 7 30? Or what if you eat at five and then you're delaying cleanup? Cause you have that deadline. It's more of like yeah. a soft thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just a routine of doing things and when, then, when, then yes. 
our chores, our duties, then we can do our fun thing either right then Perfect. or a little later in the evening. Mm-hmm. And for yourself, I mean, this is something you can, I'm glad you brought up the one then pairings. This is something you can say when we're done eating, then we'll clear the dishes in your mind. That's the bare minimum. That's your baseline way of doing post dinner cleanup. Some nights are going to have to go to a play as a family for or a kid event or a, a softball game or something like that. Like, but that's your minimum. When we're done with dinner, then we'll clear the plates. And just to give credit where credit's due, I heard of the when then pairing um, from Amy McCready in Positive Parenting Solutions for Parenting oh, cool. course. And she talks about it a lot. Oh, cool. I have no idea who she is. But I'm going to totally correct next. Big magic <laughs> stuff happening there. Okay. So then we got the when then pairing there for you. And then with time, I mean, that can create the momentum. You need to keep doing dinner cleanup, but the, on the worst of days, you've at least got the dishes cleared off the table and that will still get you further along later on. Okay. Now let's talk about after the kids go down. Okay. Now you talked about having like locking the door and all that kind of stuff. I agree with you. I think there's definitely some like house tidying up stuff, but I honestly think that needs to wait a little bit. My dad just used to do that growing up. So it was something I didn't have to do. And it's to me, it was something the man did. And maybe that's something like it can still be your husband's responsibility. You just have to talk about it. Right. Exactly. Like it's that secret expectation and I need to talk to him or just, For sure. no, this is important to me. So I'm going to do this. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Either or. So let's say that one's a conversation. That's a conversation one. So that's your to-do for that is to have that conversation with your husband about like the lockup routine. And you know what? And like, you're saying that I think Brad, both Brad and I do that each night. We're like, did someone lock up? Like, yeah. So we probably need to have that conversation too. Um, okay. So that's a combo one. Let's talk about you though. We now want to think of ways. Now we're going back to that brainstorm. We started maybe 50 or we, we alluded to 15 minutes ago. I don't even know how long calm, comfortable, content, and connected. The phone is not bad. The phone is working for you because it's trying to help you with those other feelings you were having of loneliness and overthinking and overwhelm. It was doing its job. It's just not doing it well. So I'm not going to say, go ahead. Instead of it, like I need to control the phone, like instead of letting technology control me, I'm sure that's been said a lot. Use it for good. Well, for sure. I think being intentional about the same behaviors will change the way you feel about those behaviors and the way you're doing them. But at the same time, just being intentional. I think if that's the shift control to me feels kind of like a little bit rude, (laughs) you know, like I need to control this. Like it kind of feels like a shame tactic. Mm Hmm. And yes, technically you are in control technically, but there's so much science about phone use. Like there's so much science about this. Like when you're only putting the blame on yourself with phone use, I think it will, will not help the problem. When I, sorry, when I only put what on phone use? Blame on yourself. Like when I, blame on myself. Yeah. I'm not saying like, oh, 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 Julie do whatever you want, like with that phone or that phone, who cares? It's okay. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying there just might need to be a little shift in acknowledging this phone 
is trying to help me, or I'm attracted to this phone because it's designed to attract me. It's designed to suck me in it. This is, I am part of a major system where brains are getting hijacked. So like almost like remove the blame also to acknowledge the facts without saying I am out of control. Something's wrong with me. You know, I think you're right. Cause I've been very harsh on myself lately. So I like that uh, frame of mind. Yeah. So, I mean, phonius would take, I mean, that's a whole other, whole other conversation, but if we're just going to equate this to all numbing behavior, and if we can do, if we can have a way for you to have other things in addition to that phone that can help you be, that can be easy to do and simple. So not multi-stepped that can create those feelings for you. What would that be? What are reading a book, reading Reading a book for sure. Um, I go with my kids to the library and I pick up what's new or sometimes I've put things on hold. I love middle grade fiction. So that would make me feel good. And like, you know, you can read a lot in 20 minutes. So I think reading, that would be a perfect thing to think. I love how immediate of an answer that was for you. Mm -hmm. It's what, what makes you avoid reading at night? I think just not thinking about it, not having the book right there, or maybe having a book that's a little heavy, making sure I have some fiction. There you go. Look at you. You're already jumping ahead. Yeah. So we need to lower the hurdle here. Have the Mm -hmm. book where you usually are Mm -hmm. and And making it something you actually would love to read. Right. Not a should. Exactly. And announcing like, I'm going to read my book. And again, that's another of my values. Yes. Me reading my book as they go upstairs. Okay. They'll just expect mom reads a book. Love it. Okay. I love that idea that you just shared. Because let's create a when-then pairing for you that is more of a something I call a digital sunset, a way to put your phone to bed. And again, that could take a, a great deal of coaching to go through about why the phone's there, and we can do that too. But if we're going to just think about this practically right now, it might be a great way to have a when-then pairing that helps you say that statement and also helps you have that mental shift of we are now moving on from this phone. Can you think of a clear time at night that that might be inserted pretty easily? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think when I send the kids up to bed, um, I haven't been reading to them very much, um, but I've, I can maybe just lay with them and read my book and they read their book. And then um, I can just carry the book with me downstairs and plug my phone in as I'm going down. So when um, I say goodnight to the kids, then I read my book. And if my night owl is still awake, then he can sit and read next to me. And when it's his time to go to bed, I can read to him. I love that. And I love also that you keep connecting it back to the values because then it means more. It's not a should behavior. It's a chosen. And that's a huge um, difference. You know, you maybe reading technically is a should over phone use for you, but it's one that you're choosing and shoulds can be chosen. You know, it feels like I should sometimes, but then I pick books like the um, 
the middle grade fiction and I just love it and can whip through a book. Yeah. And that's a should, I would encourage you to, to like, if you're going to, Oh, I should read war and peace. Or if you're like me and you had Les Miserables on your nightstand for four years and kept delaying reading other books, cause you were insistent that you had to finish that one first. And yeah, that's a should I would encourage you to ignore. Yeah. I love that. You're able to differentiate that. Okay. So for now we're thinking when my kids, when I say goodnight to my kids, then I'll read. And that's either with them or down in her couch. So I want you to think of how you can lower the hurdle for that. Then what, where does that mean? Do you read on a tablet or do you read the actual book? I like reading an actual book. So I think I could have it out on the counter that I walk by all the time. Okay. And I think I could plug my phone in right there at the counter. Cause I'm okay. trading like one heavy thing for another heavy thing. So I have something in my hand. Let's think of one other one, then pairing them. And this might be the one that we'll replace the other one because it'll be a natural flow. What typically happens before the kids say goodnight? Like, I'm trying to think of like, what's a cue there? When, when do you know to say goodnight to your kids? Right. Um, usually when Jeopardy's over. So maybe, okay. And I mean, maybe, um, when we're done cleaning the kitchen, then I grab my book and I just have it next to me. So it's ready for when we say goodnight after watching Jeopardy. So I just, I trade it out for my phone. Okay. So here's, here's one idea. When Jeopardy starts, then I'll plug my phone in. Yeah, that's good. Cause sometimes like the endings of things can be a little trickier unless it's very, very specific. Like I always close the dishwasher door. I always turn off my alarm. I always brush my teeth. Like those ones just sound a little bit more like they're flexible, right? They're loosey goosey. Some nights are going to be brushing someone's teeth. Another night you're going to be like clipping fingernails, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So, but you always start Jeopardy. So when we start Jeopardy, then I'll plug my phone in, which could be on the counter, right? Which that's where you're going to have your phone. And I think I need to go. Uh, an extra charger. So we're not always bringing it up and down. Just one of the yes. things that would help. Okay. So here's three kind of homework assignments I have for you. The first is, well, I have maybe a couple, so I'm going to try to simplify this. Have the conversation with your husband about the lockup. You can report into me. The next one is to put a book on the counter. Third one, and this is kind of down, down the list. Like it can happen the next couple of weeks, but maybe the sooner that maybe like order this on Amazon or Instacart or something is get the second charger. Not those again, those are just ways to lower the hurdle. Okay. Make it, make the hard thing harder to do and make the other thing you want easier to do. Hard thing is in the thing I want to sort of do less of. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. The, yes, the bad habit, quote unquote, bad habit. Cause again, I don't think it's innately bad. It's just not helping you in the way that you want, um, make it harder to do and make the other thing you want easier to do. And if I were to give you just a bonus one, if you could practice it, that one, then pairing of jeopardy starting, like, I don't know if you're going to pretend you have to start the remote. Maybe you usually put that on or Maybe you know what, how do you know Jeopardy's going on? Whatever that is, practice that and practice 
going to the counter and plugging in your phone and just do, do that a handful of times. I like that. Okay. And maybe, I mean, if we want to make the hard things even harder, maybe you turn off your phone. Yeah. When you plug it in. Definitely. I don't believe in all or nothing, but I do believe in making hard things like the things you don't want to do harder. Okay. And not as a way to like shame and blame yourself, but as a way to help remind, like make it harder to open it up and get on. Right. And sort of lean into my values and set up these routines to help me live out my values. Yeah. And here's, and here's other, one other mindset shift I want you to have when Jeopardy's on, that's when you are done. (laughs) That's when you're done with cleanup. Maybe you like to fold laundry at night. I don't know, but I, I personally would say things need to just be done. Dinner cleanup can be where you're tying up loose ends around the house as you go. We kind of do that too. Um, but I do not want you to have the whole possible chore list on your, on your list at night. It's those three minimums we talked about. Um, and with time, it could maybe be a few more things, but I would still keep it minimal. So that way when Jeopardy's on, you're like, that's it. That's my closing, my closing duty for the day. I'm done. I am off the clock. And now it's about the four C's calm, comfortable, content, and connected. That's what I need to write that down. Yes. I'll text it to you. Okay. Do you have any questions for me or worries about this? No, I think sometimes um, my husband likes to fold laundry during Jeopardy, but he likes to do that to be helpful. So that can be his thing, but you know, I can, I can stop doing things and he never pressures me to make me think I have to be doing things too, but I think I can just look after myself. Yep. And as long as you're having that conversation with him about the lockup, just be clear about the intentions you have for that time. And maybe he can serve as both an accountability partner and, and a, like a cheerleader, you know? Yeah. If you get caught in the phone loop, don't blame yourself. I want you to step outside, be objective about it and then recommit to your why here of these feelings you want and go through and practice that when then pairing, if that doesn't work for you, that when then pairing of plugging your phone, turning it off when jeopardy starts, try a new one. But if you're looking at that fail objectively, you'll get the information you need to know what needs to be tweaked instead of just saying, look at me, did it again. I'm never going to change. Yeah. So look at it objectively instead of falling into self-blame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other questions? No, I think you've given me a lot to think about and a lot to follow through on. Okay. Well, I'm your accountability buddy there. So you can text me these things. That's something I do with every, every coaching client that we have. Like you can follow up with me. That's what I'm there for. And I can't wait to hear how it goes. And I can help you tweak a little bit too. Okay. Awesome. I'm excited about um, this fun then pairing. Thank you so much, Monica. You're welcome. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. I'm going to quickly share my progress pointers from this episode. And this is where I share the notes that 
you could probably take away from this episode if you were sitting down and had a notepad and pen while you were listening. And all of my go-getter newsletter subscribers get these progress pointers in a graphic form each week. Number one, we can struggle with bedtime as adults when we are trying to escape from some negative feelings we face at night. Number two, to help get in touch with what those feelings are and what you want to feel instead. Number three, create some clear expectations for yourself and other household members that help provide some structure to these bedtime hours. And number four, insert more ways to create the feelings you want through small and simple habits. There's a lot more to this, especially with the habit formation piece. And this is where I would love to invite you to take part in the sticky habit method. This is my new course on habit formation outside of perfectionism. It's real habits for real women. And in it, you will learn about my method to create habits that stick, including something I call the sticky habit formula. In this call, you heard the first two steps of that formula and when then pairing, but there's a lot more that goes with it and also some major tips on how to install these habits in ways that can greatly increase your likelihood of having habits that stick for long periods of time. You can sign up for the sticky habit method at aboutprogress.com slash sticky habit method. Your do something challenge is to think about what feelings you are trying to avoid at night and what you would like to feel instead. Just start there. If you do that, make sure you message me, email me, DM me, and tell me all about it so I can spotlight you on the show. This week, I'm on a spotlight one of my Strive High members named Kara. She shared recently on our group page that she was doing her day planning. And as she was looking at her day planning, it helped her see in actual reality how much has shifted for her since she's learned to prioritize herself and by extension, how much more she has to give. So here's to you, Kara, and thank you for sharing. I hope this episode was helpful for you. And if it was, here are two ways that you can help the podcast in return. The first is to share about the show. If you decide to do that on Instagram, make sure you tag me at about progress and link to the episode and you'll be automatically submitted to our monthly giveaway. And the second way you can help the show is by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you so much for listening. Now go and do something with what you learned today. Did the pandemic make you go big time? What does that mean? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.